Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, Office Hours Edition. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series on SEO, or search engine optimization. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, hello. Yeah, so we're going to talk about keywords, long tail keywords to be specific in today's episode. So if you haven't listened to part one of the SEO office hours program, we would love for you to go back and listen to part one first, where we've set the stage about SEO and why it's so important for your business online. So today we're just going to dive right in. We're going to talk about seven places in your blog posts or on your website that you should be focused on optimizing for keywords. But before we do that, Sandy just asked if I would give a brief overview of keywords and long tail keywords in in particular so that you understand where we're coming from. If you think about search engines, when someone types in a term in a search engine, for example, our software company, a lot of people come to us because of the search term teach yoga online. We rank very high for that term. If we were just focused on the word yoga, first of all, it wouldn't be relevant to our company or our brand because we would be focusing on getting a lot of students or or practitioners of yoga. But it's also really hard to rank for one single word because the internet is a really big and noisy place. So we don't even try to rank for that word. For example, we wouldn't try to rank for software, the word software, right? Because that could mean a lot of things. And there's a lot of different businesses and people and associations that use the word software. But for the phrase teach yoga online, we've been able to very effectively rank for that phrase because not too many people are using it. So we pack it in, at least we did initially with our with our software company when we were really hyper focused on the yoga market. We packed that phrase in everywhere that we could. So a long tail keyword, there's no official definition, but it's essentially three or more words put together in a phrase that you would use to try to rank for on search on Google or in Pinterest. And the reason why that's so important is because often prospective clients and customers are searching for an actual phrase. They're not just searching, like you wouldn't go into Google and just type in the word red, right? You would type in red rain boots, for example, right? Like that's a very common kind of thing somebody might search for if they're looking to buy a new pair of rain boots, then they want them to be red. They wouldn't just search for boots or red, right? Because we all know as users of Google or Pinterest or any other search platform that you're going to get bombarded with a bunch of useless information if you're not asking those search engines for a specific result. So just like you as a user of those platforms are looking for a specific result, you as a business owner want to provide content for a specific search question or search term. So that's where the long tail keywords come in. So Sandy, do you feel like that's clear to folks now? Yep, I think so. It's just tricky to determine what the best ones for your business, right? Listening to your customers in real life, the phrases that they use and the mm-hmm. words that they describe you with are often what they would type in when they're looking for something. So that's another way to, to figure it out. But there are different tools you can, like in Google Analytics, you can, it's hard to talk about on a podcast because it's very, you know, it's easier to show someone how to find their keywords. 
We'll link you all to a blog post that we wrote last year that will give you some screenshots because it's almost impossible to do this on a podcast. The cheapest, easiest, well, not easiest, the cheapest and most (laughs) efficient way, because most of us are trying to rank on Google search, is to go into Google's Keyword Planner, which is a tool that's embedded in Google AdWords. So you do need to have a free Google AdWords account. It's incredibly irritating, I'm just going to be honest, to set that up um, and to get in there and search. But once you've set it up, you sort of memorize the steps and, you know, look at our screenshots and you'll figure it out. You can also do this in other search engine. You can do a paid tool that makes it easier. And you can also use something like the Pinterest search bar to figure out your keywords. But essentially, as Sandy said, your long tail keywords are the phrases that your clients or prospective clients and customers are searching for when they're looking to find you as an expert in your field or as a seller of certain products, right? So that's where that comes in. Right. So now that you've gone out into the universe on the internet and figured out a handful of keywords, we typically recommend that our clients come up with 30, a list of 30 keywords. So, you know, that's just food for thought. Uh, We teach that in the Soulful MBA. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. So you want to really devote some time to figuring out what your keywords are and then become hyper-focused on incorporating those keywords into every piece of content that you're creating online. Once you've done that, where do you put those keywords, Sandy? Where's the first place that someone who's, say, starting a blog and writing their first blog post, where are they going to want to put that keyword? Right. So we've got seven different options that we're going to explain. And the first one is you put those keywords in the URL for that specific post. So for us, as an example, it would be nowstream.com slash, and then we would have the title of that post. When you are creating your blog post, there's somewhere, if it's WordPress or Squarespace, there is a place you can go in there and enter the name of your blog post as the URL. Yeah. And it also just looks better for your readers that it's not some, you know, gobbledygook letters and numbers. It's actually the words of the title of the post. And we use both WordPress and Squarespace for different aspects of our websites and sales pages. And it seems to me that both of those tools at this point now are automatically incorporating the post title for us as the URL. Um, But sometimes a funny thing will happen where you'll end up with a URL, like say if you, you know, you're like sort of half writing the post and you didn't give it a title and you save it. Like WordPress, for example, will call your URL like question mark dash one three seven five underscore you're going to want to go in and edit that later on just make sure you check the urls of any new posts you're creating to make sure that they are indexed for keywords you know ideally as sandy said the title of the post that you're creating okay so step two the second place that you are going to want to make sure that you are hyper focused on your keywords has to do with the post title so as we just said quite often the URL and the title are the same on both WordPress or Squarespace and you know probably for other platforms as well for those of you using other tools again if that's not the case you want to make sure that the title of your blog post is pretty heavily focused on incorporating a keyword if it's not relevant maybe to the post you're creating if your post is on something else think about adding a subheading of sorts that incorporates the keyword yeah this is not where you want to get all poetic and beautiful you want to be really clear about the content of that post so maybe it seems a bit forced and boring but this is how people are going to find you yeah and if you just think about it again as a user of the internet when you come across 
something. Maybe if it's confusing or intriguing, you'll click it. But most likely, you're looking for something specific. You're looking for a specific resource or answer to a question. So put yourself in the user's or the reader's shoes and think about when that person has a thousand search results coming up on Google search or in in their Pinterest feed when they've searched for something, you want to make sure that you are the clearest option for them to check and click on and click through to and read, right? Okay, so what is step three for adding keywords? Work your keyword phrases into the name of your images on your page or your post. So when you upload an image for your blog post, you can go in there and add it. It's in different places and different if it's WordPress or uh, Squarespace. When you have your image open, you have the option to add that keyword phrase somewhere in the description of that image. So either alt text or in the title fields, and it doesn't necessarily, it won't show up on your blog page. These are sort of background information behind the text that the search engines can see and read and will help you index yourself higher. And they should also be in the actual file name, right? So it shouldn't be like IMG underscore 053. If you're uploading a photograph of yourself, for example, to a blog post, you should say health coach helping patient or (laughs) counseling patient. Like you want to not waste the opportunity to add an additional indexing option for a search engine. So the actual file names themselves, in addition to the data that Sandy's talking about once you've uploaded the file into your website. Okay, and then step four for keywording has to do with relevant internal links. Make sure if you're linking to another post that you have or another page on your website from, say, a new blog post, you're referencing something you've written last month or last year, instead of saying click here, you want to make sure that the hyperlink that you're spelling out the name of the page that they're going to click over to. So often that page, if you follow these instructions from the get-go, will already have a title that is keyword appropriate. So for example, if I'm writing a blog post on how to make the best smoothie on the planet, right? And I want to reference back, say, a list of my favorite organic ingredients to buy from Thrive Market, I'm going to say in the hyperlink that I'm writing out, click here to access my favorite organic products from Thrive Market, right? I'm not just going to say click here, period, and make that a link. So those are the kinds of things that you want to think about doing. It's making, you know, a few more extra words on the page where you could just say click here, but it's helping these search engines to understand your content and understand how to display that content to your visitors. And the next one is to work your keywords into the first paragraph of text in your post. And if you have it set up with subheadings, work your keywords into that subheading as well. So you don't want to make it too repetitive that the title is those words and the subheading in the first paragraph, but this is how you play the game. So if you can work it in as much as you can without being too obvious and too awkward, you don't want to take away from the flow of your post, but that is another place to get it into the body of your post and in the subheading if you have one. Yeah, and just think about it again as a reader. I, I read a lot of blogs on a feed reader. I use Feedly. And so I don't always look at the title before I click in to read it. So I, it's, it's like really okay to rephrase what the blog post is about in the first couple of sentences of the post. Not everyone reads a title. So if, if it's somebody who's already looking at your content, you're not going to irritate them by including a description of what the blog post is about in the first paragraph. Okay, the sixth 
place that you should be focused on keywording is the names of any additional images on the site or in the post or on the page. So Sandy had mentioned the primary image you need to keyword and you also need to keyword the other images that you're putting in the post as well or on the page. So every single image or graphic that you're uploading onto your website, you wanna make sure that those are completely keyworded. And the last and final place is the actual final paragraph of the body of your blog post. So if you can work those words in and summarize the blog post again with those keywords, that's what you wanna do. So there you have it, that's a lot. We will of course include a list of these seven places in the show notes for today. And we also will link back to a blog post that we've written on SEO that includes some screenshots for you. So for those of you who haven't done any keywording research, we'll give you some screenshots that will help you figure out how to get started with that as well. So that's it for this week. We will see you on Monday for a full length episode. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample. Mm-hmm.